This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to Reporters Without Orders. Order, order. Welcome to episode 25 of Reporters Without Orders. A podcast where we discuss what made news, what didn't and some things that absolutely shouldn't have. This is Cherry Agarwal and joining me today is our roving correspondent Amit Bhardwaj. Hi Amit. when that happened. <laughs> Since you've been never coming to office on time, so we assume that you're out reporting. Okay then. So Amit has just broken a story about AAP's 2019 Lok Sabha candidate or probable candidates. That's right. Right Amit? Yeah, and it's not basically... I haven't broken the story. Rather, I would say that I have confirmed that these are the probable candidates okay. and the strategy for the polls. So we'll come to Amit's story with more details. Also on the panel is our campus politic editor, Sumedha Pal. Hi, Sumedha. Hi. Recently, allegations of sexual harassment have been reported against the NSUI national president. And Sumedha has been working on a report about that, which we will also be discussing. Also here at Sarvodhya Enclave is Siddharth Tatta, a principal correspondent with Indo-Asian News Service. Siddharth graduated from ACJ and has over eight years of journalistic experience. He's earlier worked with uh, media houses like Hindustan Times, The Bengal Post and News 9. Hi Siddharth. Hi. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. And Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Today, unfortunately, Rohan will not be joining us. He has had to go home due to a family emergency. But before we get to media's coverage, I have to say I'm super stoked about completing 25 episodes. And to celebrate that, we decided to get quick inputs from our team. And Amit is rolling his eyes. Uh, all the people involved uh, with production, uh, editing to social media of the podcast to share their thoughts on the podcast with us. Beginning with Smriti, our one-woman social media army, who has had to listen to us week after week after week. So Smriti, what do you think of Reporters Without Orders? This is a fun podcast because most of the other podcasts are about opinions, be it Hafta, Awful and Awesome, or just sports, what they think about things. This is what young reporters like you, Amit, Sameda, Nidhi, and other, Rohan, think Okay, this is what, uh, this is purely about news, what should have been covered, what shouldn't have, what didn't get much traction and how it got played. Was it right or not from your point of view? So, so over the 25 people who are actually covering, so it's different, not just editors or opinion makers who are, you know, just talking about, okay, okay this that is how it should have been. confidence boost. Yeah. But over the 25 weeks that you've heard it have you seen it change have you seen it evolve oh yes from the initial days of Abhinandan pushing you guys to speak up more and come up with new things to now see you as a regular host it's I think gone places yeah and where would you like to see it go I think we'd like uh, that part I'd like to know from our listeners please do write to us about how you wanted to go on social media, what we can do, any sort of feedback, even one-line feedback, send it to us at contact at newslaundry.com, tweet to us at NL Podcast, spread the word, it's a free podcast. And we don't have much, but we'd like to improve on whatever we have. So please do send us feedback. Next up is our Naya Taza producer, Parikshit Sanyal. Parikshit, you've worked on three of our podcasts. What are your thoughts? So I've started working on News Laundry recently. But I've been listening to the podcast ever since it started, actually. Wow. So, and, yeah, and unlike Hafta, which I really like, this I can connect to more. Because 
I see people my age talking about things the way I think of it mostly. Okay. And yeah, that's about it, I guess. So, what about the podcast? Would you like to change, and where you, as a producer, would like to take it? Okay. I'll have to think about it. <laughs> sure. And you can also tweet to us, or just walk up to the desk and be like, "This is what you guys should be doing." I'll do one of them. And of course, I also chatted with Abhinandan since he literally shamed us into doing the podcast. And this is how the conversation went. So, Abhinandan. Since reporters was your brainchild, what do you think of reporters without orders? I think it's come along really well, and I'm a little jealous because we do get feedback. I don't know whether you've read the ones that it's better than Hafta. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of setting fire to this table one day when all of you are recording to finish the competition once and for all. But I may not do it if I'm feeling very kind. But yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think um, I I wish there were a little more variety of guests. to get people to join on the phone from around the country because the whole idea is it's young reporters and unlike you know madhu manisha me who don't really go on the field now at this age you guys can get a lot more people from the from the field and most people on the field are out there they're not sitting in delhi and in terms of what we can do to improve so yeah that a get guests from the field so you, you can diversity of guests and because you want reporters who are reporting they're reporting i think that's one thing you can do Another thing you can do is, uh, you know, I mean, it's just a suggestion, uh, and that you know, Parikshit can take a call on new, young, and enthusiastic producer. We haven't done that in Hafta, but you know, if we get more people, you can whatever you're referring to, we can you know run little clips of that which we do in Awful and Awesome. You know, if you talk about something, you run little clips. You produce it a little more. And the last question is, uh, because you were there right from the beginning, oh, where do you see this podcast going? Also what you mentioned about the diversity of guests it's extremely difficult to get reporters on the podcast because they're out reporting so what are your thoughts on that so i'm certain this is going to be a temporary problem because um, going forward you'll have a lot of people to choose from uh, we'll be uh, expanding our team if all goes well and as as the plan is unfolding now so at any given time even if there are a few out there'll always be a few in so i'd find it highly unlikely we'll have that problem going forward but uh, i think it's a great property i do think podcasts are the future i've thought so for the last 2 years so great great show yeah well done thank you all right good luck with all this in the know let's go to the panel beginning with siddharth siddharth you've had to listen to the podcast so what do you think of the podcast but primarily what do you think of the concept of a podcast which invites reporters or which gives a platform for to the reporters to or rather gives a platform to the voices of reporters i was introduced to the podcast when uh, parikshit had uh, sent me those two links so i found it a very interesting concept because i believe every new story or maybe st- stories which uh, on a day to on a daily basis the stories that we do every story needs to be debated and stories which don't uh, which don't get enough uh, coverage mm-hmm. even that story needs to be debated as to why was that story not uh, covered uh, covered enough? properly or wall to wall coverage that we usually so basically i believe this is a very good platform where reporters can come in they can express their views about how uh, stories should be covered and also uh, why many stories which uh, ought to get a kind of uh, uh, you know 
attention mm-hmm. are not getting and why should they get it also there's always i find that there's a story behind the story the yes. reporter who's going on ground right there are bits that the reporter doesn't put in mm. or there are bits that the reporter can't put in that's right so those are the things that can be shared here sure so amit what do you think do you think that's been true in your case I think uh, most of the reporters like we have had conversation this conversation with Shruti as well uh, while we were covering the Karnataka polls that there were a number of stories that yeah. we could have covered but we did not do and what was the background story and you cannot share all those uh, small interesting stories and bits in the copy because you know it will make the copy uh, it will uh, distract the readers or uh, you can't really write everything that you can't substantiate so but these are interesting stories <laughs> and i haven't really seen a an official platform of sorts for a reporter's diary among the mainstream media there have been blogs but i think that is something i find missing siddharth what are your thoughts i even i have not come across any such uh, any such platform where you know uh, say for example say for example let us take for example the hapur lynching inci- incident mm-hmm. so the manner in which it has been covered i feel it has not been it has not got its due coverage mm-hmm. in the in the mainstream media so so now uh, a- apart from uh, barring a couple of uh, media organizations nobody covered it so probably why not invite those reporters who had covered it and mm-hmm. and ask them how did you go about uh, you know do, uh, doing the reportage and also what are the challenges challenges they faced while covering that incident that would actually hmm. uh, make a lot of things transparent in terms why it did not get right. a lot of coverage yes um, and also maybe a couple of representatives from those media organization and i don't know probably they wouldn't have the, uh, the they wouldn't have the idea why they did not cover it maybe they would be able to throw mm-hmm. some light as Absolutely. to why they did not take the story uh, up mm, that's an excellent idea but mm-hmm. and that's also a good segue into what the podcast is about like what media covered and what did not and talking about hapur lynching amit you were mentioning earlier that you probably disagree about the quantity of the coverage I think uh, I mean I would like to disagree on this point because uh, you know I think or at least my observation is that uh, this lynching case Hapur lynching case got enough coverage uh, at least in the TV media as well as the newspapers because if you go through all news newspapers news websites they have carried stories and I think uh, the story developed slowly but eventually when it became the story it was covered properly by media houses possibly it uh, it was one of those slow burn stories which took time to mm-hmm. you know get uh, the prime time coverage but i i really feel but that in even in the newspapers what i saw only when the case uh, the fire was registered maybe only then the story was carried in many mm-hmm. uh, newspapers probably but prime time shows so siddharth why do you think mm. that that is the case like why do you think that this got coverage only after it developed to a certain stage well, I, i have no idea but as to mm-hmm. say for like the manner in which the previous uh, lynching cases were covered, like the pehlu khan, khan mm-hmm. or i don't think it got this uh, incident got that much attention from the mainstream media mm-hmm. as say for example pehlu khan or 
prior to that there were other lynching cases so uh, whatever you sure. saw within the coverage mm. although it was relatively less you felt mm. did you find elements that were problematic in the kind of of course it took time report. yeah in the in the kind of reports that you saw that that were coming up see i or the narrative that they were trying to build around it see initially the, now the point is now what the police had said that it was not a case of uh, these people uh, the, the victims were not it was a case of road rage and not a case of say the mob which mob violence and they had actually Uh, force these two victims to actually confess that they had gone there to slaughter those animals they were forced to say that and there was a, there is a video which shows that however police say it's a case of road rage that is where i find it uh, very uh, alarming and i think amit wants to come in on this uh. and uh, particularly about the media coverage i think it was not only the fir it was also that picture mm-hmm. which came out later mm-hmm. where the dead body was being dragged by the uh, very attackers who probably linked that uh, linked kasim and uttar pradesh police officials could be seen walking or guarding these people or asking someone not to click the phone. picture so that was an raging moment i did not see that picture so i you, you haven't seen, seen that picture. picture no that was so again I, something that was picked up extensively on social media social and media other websites hmm. and not by the maybe because yeah. it was not picked up by any of the newspapers i, exactly. I did not see that hmm. uh, hmm. and uh, today uh, the print has done a story with yeah. that particular yeah. image itself So yeah, and the family. I met the family uh, which had come uh-huh. uh, to the press club, Harpur family, uh-huh. and they were talking about you know the uh, kind of horror they had gone mm-hmm. through, as you mentioned that in the video it could it's very visible that, and if you they go through the aud- audio that they were being forced to accept that they were there to, uh, to slaughter, slaughter the cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this guy had come out was carrying fifty sixty thousand rupees money and he had gone out to get cattle or you know cr- crack a deal for for mm-hmm. uh, acquiring cattle and then uh, the family told me that all that they have got from the post mortem and it's the usual sop that if there's a murder case or accident the body would go to the post mortem and from there you get whatever belongings was uh, were left with the body. so uh, the family was told that uh, they had found 15000 cash and i guess mobile phone that's it these two things and uh, his clothes were ripped off they don't know where are, where are the clothes what happened to the money how did he reach to this point whether uh, there are several other questions like who called kasim to that area and importantly this guy uh, the other person who is in hospital right now samiuddin his brother mehruddin told me that uh, uh, uh samiuddin had went there to uh, stop the mob from lynching kasim and that is the moment when he was attacked so the video which we can see where he is being attacked by the mob and he is being forced to accept that uh, they were there to lynch uh, they were there to slaughter uh, the cow uh, was probably shot Uh, then it's at uh, that moment amit since since we're talking about this so much and uh, siddharth already mentioned that this got a certain amount or maybe so much of de- uh, details i wouldn't have known mm. had you not uh, told me uh, mm. i mean had you not so what i'm trying to ask is in terms of when we're talking about the quantity of coverage that a particular event gets we make comparisons to other events right mm-hmm. so just throwing it open to the panel do you think these comparisons are fair 
like even when i was talking about the coverage that uh, the murder of certain journalists got over the other journalists i was discussing it with the another journalist during an interview so it was just a thought in my head as to is this a fair comparison like when we are um, talking about coverage that different lynchings get is it a fair comparison because the context the realities of these families the communities would be different so Sumedha. I would like to give an example of this. So I extensively worked on the media's coverage of rape. And this is one question that a lot of theori- people who theorize the media's coverage of violence keep asking every kind of violence that there are certain elements of newsworthiness that a lot of big media corporations have incorporated as a part of their uh, you know go to checklist if the story is worth it or not uh, which i find is extremely problematic how do you determine a murder or a rape or a, an extremely horrendous lynching like that how do you determine newsworthiness there is a certain personal storyline that they'd like mm-hmm. uh, for it to resonate with its viewers so you know violence um has become a commodity and uh, th- this is why i think this is a time for media professionals to seriously interrogate on these issues it's i'm glad that you brought up this question because this needs a lot of self reflection as well as editors as reporters what do we value in a story what are the details we feel need to be put out first and it's a question of prioritization for all of us amit what do you think i would differ a bit here and i'll just uh, i mean pitch as a reporter who covers beat and you also cover a beat suppose uh, i am doing a particular story on i cover amadmi party beat so i'm covering a particular story and i have already uh, done extensive report and that very moment something big happens on your beat you cover congress so i mean uh, what would be carried in the newspaper next day or the websites or the news channels and i just wanted to know like no but you have to tell me what i mean i'm saying some uh, some big development in aicc related to rahul gandhi related to sonia gandhi uh, mm-hmm. related to some big scandal in karnataka government anything beat anything the question is about prioritization now uh, see uh, i don't know what you are to- uh, what new story you are talking about uh, as far as aam uh, aadmi party is concerned but if anything big happens in the congress party or if it is uh, if it has to do with rahul gandhi or sonia gandhi something i guess it gets uh, it's a page one story uh, so the the point that invariably is, right huh? the hmm. point i was trying to make is uh, at times each story has its own value now, but if yeah in delhi hmm. now we'll have to see what kind of a story you are talking about when it uh, comes to aam aadmi party hmm. say for example recently we had uh, the stalemate that went on for so long for a week at least where kgwal was on uh, indefinite uh, right. uh, so uh, stories like that i guess and when four chief ministers came out in support, in support of arvind kejriwal mm-hmm. maybe before that before these four chief minister i don't think it was getting a page mm-hmm. one display mm-hmm. maybe it was getting a two a page mm-hmm. two display now when four chief minister came in support of kejriwal it be, it come uh, in fact this is mm-hmm. a better example to uh, make things clear mm-hmm. like the entire aam aadmi party and lg episode it was not being covered on the national media yeah, because yeah. first day something has happened second day uh, bhayu ji uh, uh, suicide Come, incident happened suicide. and then huh. the next uh, the third day there was a 
big fire in Mumbai. So for three to four days in row, Aam Aadmi Party could not get enough space on the national media. It was not that our story was not important or yeah. you know. So the point you're making hmm. is the priorities vary. Depending. It depends on the news development on that particular day. Uh, coming back to Siddharth, Siddharth, since as Amit mentioned that your beat has been the Congress, so from I have covered uh, many beats over the years. Mm-hmm. I have covered sports. I have sports covered uh, health. Uh, health for Hindustan Times. I have covered. Now I'm covering. I've done investigative stories for INS. Mm-hmm. I've now I'm doing. Uh, I'm covered the Congress Party for. Uh, so my question is yeah. just like mm-hmm. um, Amit discussed or Amit told us and he's even mentioned in the previous podcast what AAP's relationship has been with the media. What are your thoughts on the Congress Party's relationship with the media? Do you think the media is against them? Do you think the media gives them ample coverage? Or as you mentioned, sometimes do you think the media plays up Congress stories? What are your thoughts just as a reporter who's been covering that beat? See, I can only talk uh, as a as an agency reporter. Mm-hmm. Since I'm covering the Congress Party as an agency reporter, in agents in agency, uh, there are press briefings every day, almost every day in the Congress mm-hmm. Party, and we ensure that and Congress they usually react to the government policies. They react to. Uh, BJP's re- remarks they react to several things now I feel Congress being the principal opposition party mm-hmm. whatever government does policies uh, remarks statements it is it is our responsibility I'm not saying other party we should not cover other parties but yes Congress being the principal opposition parties I'm sh- uh, yes now they have just 47 seats in Lo- uh, in Lok Sabha but that doesn't mean that uh, now they should be uh, ignored why I'm saying this when the government uh, makes a statement or there is a policy decision it is imperative for reporters to always get a reaction from the principal opposition party to get their view as to what they think of, think about that policy decision or uh, or a statement made by any of the ministers mm-hmm. or any senior leader of the uh, of the BJP so primarily the position of the congress as the principal opposition mm-hmm. gives it a platform for wider coverage of course it does because so apart from they have been in the power for so long mm-hmm. uh, for 60 uh, odd years so yeah so you think it has to also do with the legacy and the characters like rahul gandhi if he says something do you think media's narrative yeah. about the congress is fair you mean to say the uh, media's narrative as in media uh, media's coverage mainstream media's coverage tv channels coverage hmm. the portrayal of the congress party in the mainstream media now see uh, the thing is i would say there are two types of uh, media organization now there are some who thing that now say for example i don't want to name names sure there are some who cover the congress party maybe with a sense of vindictiveness mm-hmm. there are some and there are some who think that uh, it is their birthright to cover that party and whatever that party does will have to promote the party so there are these two types of organ- uh, media organizations. So you're that we talking see about in two extremes. Do you hmm. also find that there are media channels, websites hmm. that are also balanced in their coverage of not just Congress, but other parties as well? So there are newspapers 
they do a balanced reporting of both Congress and BJP. So is that also true in the case of TV channels or do you think that's missing? No, in I'm, I have doubts about uh, TV channels. <laughs> okay. So I don't want to comment about TV channels per okay. se because uh, they have their own uh, okay. vested interests. So it won't be fair on my part to comment on about... I can only talk about newspapers sure. and, and news agencies. So as far as news agencies are concerned, we ensure that both BJP and Congress are covered as it should be. Uh, Siddharth, I want to come back to you in a little bit. But before that, I want to go to Sumitha. Sumitha, you've just filed a report on the sexual harassment allegations against the NSUI national president. Mm -hmm. First, could you give us some context about this? And then just about whether the media covered it, did not cover it. And if they covered it, uh, what do you think of the narrative of the media? So uh, the report uh, of of the NSUI, or na- it is the national president of NSUI who is under the scanner for these allegations. His uh, name is Feroz Khan. And the story first broke on Sunday. Initially, it was not given as much attention by mainstream media, as well as only a few newspapers sort of reported on it, Indian Express being one of those report, uh, the ones who reported. So what had happened was that within the NSUI, there was a former member, uh, this female member, who has alleged that Feroz has sexually assaulted many women within the organization, including her sister. And because of the lack of a proper mechanism within the institution to address complaints like this, she had to reach out to the media. So on Sunday, there were emails that had started doing rounds within um, the circuits where their conversations, the screenshots of their conversations over WhatsApp were leaked. So that is how the story first broke. Um, there were a lot of questions initially about the credibility of the allegations that she has. And there are multiple issues that a lot of people are still having with the kind of questions that she's raised against uh, Feroz. Um, as far as the narrative is concerned, often stories of sexual harassment end up becoming either sensationalized or their uh, details are reduced nothing. So here I felt that it was not given as much attention initially. Only only yesterday when the Congress uh, came forth, their national uh, leader of Ruchi Gupta is the one who's who came out and said that we would have an inquiry um, about these serious charges that the media sort of picked up the story. So again, there is a flawed uh, sort of conception about how cases of sexual harassment within student political organizations are to be covered. Um, And there are these charges which we see reoccurring. There are charges against some ABVP leaders as well. Last year, there were charges against the All India Students Association member and Anmol Ratan. So last, the, last year. Yeah, two years back. exactly. So two years ago, this was the story. So over the years, you've seen that these cases are uh, reoccurring. And often we see knee-jerk reactions sort of coming out of, you know, the parties that they're affiliated to. So this is exactly what had happened. And uh, it is fragmented. The coverage was fragmented. I also want to ask you if uh, if she's reaching out to the police, as you mentioned, that yeah. the internal complaints redressal mechanism isn't as fit, yeah. as isn't as robust as we'd like it to be. Yeah. So is she reaching out to the police? So, at, uh, I mean, at the moment, we're not sure where the inquiry is going to go. The victim has not come out and said clearly as to what she's, uh, what her next plan is going to be, because the Congress 
which is the uh, the main party with affiliated to NSUI has said that they're going to have an inquiry the person who is the accused is the for me the most important thing is that the person who is accused is still the post holder so he has not been suspended even after what are, what is he saying about he the allegations he has obviously denied the charges he had sa- he said that all the communication with the complainant happened only through official emails and and there are these details that are emerging about the compl- complaint um as to a lot of other women have also said that they were they were asked for sexual favors in return of influential political positions so this narrative of sorts is not new uh, it can very easily play into this whole sensationalist uh, scenario where the media but that is for us to wait and watch yes we have to wait and watch so amit um what did you think of the media's coverage of the issue uh, see i have covered uh, the education beat for a short bit so i would say that uh, you know i'm not drawing any uh, conclusion or i'm not making any comments about firoz khan's case because uh, the uh, the entire episode is very complicated right now and nsui and the congress party itself needs to uh, go thoroughly through the complaint the whatsapp conversation whatever has has been released but one thing which is very evident is that you know had it been i'm just uh giving a scenario that had it been any avvp uh, member from even a district committee of avvp the media and the social media would have gone gaga about it that they would have bashed avvp uh, the bjp and the entire sang parivar for allegation so what i'm saying is that that would have been right or wrong is another case but what i'm saying I mean, is just yeah just to sorry just to break it down for the hmm. for everybody who's listening why do you think that would have happened like if it was just the abvp i think you know it's uh, for the media it's uh, it it gets more uh, let's be honest it would uh, get you more traction for the media if you are attacking the sang parivar number 2 uh, the entire social media narrative would have been uh, made and spread by the left liberals or the, uh, the similar But there would be a sorry yeah. please finish your thought then i'll i'm saying uh, uh, so even in this case the what is making me uncomfortable is the silence by a section of people on social media as well as the a section of media uh, the entire a uh, fact that it is coming from the congress party itself when the congress issued an statement saying that we are going to act on it or we don't have a committee to or we are forming a committee that itself is alarming situation are you serious that a student organization like nsui does not has a internal uh, complaints committee exactly and you are forming a committee right now these are more alarming uh, issues and we should have been talking about these things you know so and the entire silence on social media as well as the media is uh, making me uncomfortable in this case so this is what happens like important debates are missed out when there's just neither reaction from the media but amit as you said that abvp would have received if it were for example if it were a person from the abvp who had been involved there would be there would have been a larger scale of outrage and you said that that is because of the traction but what i'm trying to understand is there would be a reason for abvp affiliates or workers or allegations against them to get that sort of traction they're right? in power right now see in every mm-hmm. state they are in power the center they are in power so your responsibility also increases and then uh, this entire that's what i i would just repeat myself there's entire section of left liberals and uh, another bunch of people who target 
again and again the sangh parivar it's easier for them to target sangh parivar or people who are associated with sangh mm. parivar i'm not saying that that is wrong i'm saying it becomes little critical when you attack the people associated with sangh and you or, or its affiliate bodies and you stay silent when it comes to the left organizations or organizations associated with the congress party that's okay. it so that do you want to come in on that i just want to ask you if you have covered it, i just wanted to know if you have spoken to feroz or the the, no, the one uh, who has so made it sumeda was is covering this story for us so, so she would to after he made hmm. his statement to the indian express which was on sunday who? he uh, feroz okay. so he has refused to interact with anyone Mm-hmm. even the nsuy members um were could not be contacted because they are not receiving any phone calls the media head as i said uh, who who ruchi uh, gupta so she is the one who's put out a statement saying that they're forming a con- committee and they will inquire so post that they have refused to interact with anyone because they've said that they've made that statement extremely clear and the inquiry will determine whatever happens but Feroz has completely said that they are not going to interact and he has said that all the communication was done officially and there is no question like he has completely denied all charges against him so the committee was formed by the the, the congress the aicc is going to be looking no, into this I, no no committee was formed by nsui itself they NSUI, have formed a new committee the aicc can't huh. yeah so the i mean of and course it's affiliated they don't by them ICC uh, as of now so mm, they have no. form- got one mahila congress member i believe this i'll just read out the names so there is uh, one person from all india mahila congress uh, this uh, lok sabha mp dipender hudda and mm-hmm. ragini nayak she was also ragini nayak was also part of nsci i believe right yes so yeah so these three people will investigate mm-hmm. the entire case amit coming back to you what do you think was underreported see uh, the people might point out this but for the uh, third week in row i'm talking about a story from jharkhand and this is i think this was one of the biggest stories uh, which happened last week and uh, somehow the national media tv at least failed to cover it or give it enough space five uh, women or uh, girls were gang raped in jharkhand khunti district and uh, they were basic they had went out to this particular school in khunti to uh, you know in order to carry out a awareness campaign uh, to perform a street play and then uh, bun- allegedly a bunch of uh people came to the school they spoke to the principal and they asked these girls to come along and uh, the uh, complainant in this case they have said that they were raped and uh, they were threatened and even the principal have been accused of asking the victims or the complainants not to speak about this incident in public and uh, this is one angle this is about you know this is one angle about what happened the incident and there are multiple threats associated with the entire story and that is why i'm saying this was one of the biggest stories which happened last week and uh, why so the rape so uh, there there have been allegations of rape gang rape and uh, it is in one of the mo- uh, it is actually in the red corridor naxal affected area number 1 number 2 the jharkhand police came out with a theory where they are uh, saying that the mastermind behind the act is the person who was leading uh, the pathargadi movement there and do you find any merit to that see i am no one to speak of a merit 
whether there is merit to the uh, statements or not but i am just saying that this makes the entire case even more complicated and hence the national the media should have the need for media's coverage yes and then it becomes even more trickier because uh, the pathalgadi movement in jharkhand is becoming a big movement even and i think the pathalgadi movement hasn't received much or rather sufficient coverage hmm. in the mainstream media the local newspapers as rohan had mentioned earlier they have been covering it in bits and pieces and they at least have been covering it but the mainstream media uh, yeah i think they the, i it's fine i mean it's a movement it'll take time whether you want to uh, cover it or not but in this case the the allegations of gangrev with five women the pathal gadi movement uh, top leadership is uh, being accused of the naxal uh, there are naxal links to it and also uh, the allegations against the people associated with the church so if you talk in terms of the larger politics in jharkhand the chief minister of jharkhand raghubar das has been very critical of the church he has been speaking openly against the pathargari movement and he has so been so there are a lot of elements that also make yeah. this very media how do you put it something which should have been covered by the national media and should have met the prime time i would say had it happened in up or the entire yeah. yeah sorry that is exactly what i was going to say that does it have to do with proximity to let's say it, of it course has. it does yeah Is it about the proximity, a... or is it the demographic bias? Yeah, yeah. Siddharth, what do you think? I guess uh, you have covered the. Have no, you covered? I haven't covered it. I'm talking. Where all did from you the... find the story? Uh, hmm. See, uh, it's from Prabhat Khabar, majorly the local okay, Hindi newspaper. Okay, local Hindi yeah. newspaper. So basically, I I feel it could be the demographic uh, bias. Bias, as you said, and also I I think proximity. I don't know. I don't think proximity is proximity really counts here because you can see many stories which become fine space in mainstream media from most interior parts of the country but I don't uh, I don't see, see the reason hmm. why the story was not a mainstream uh, was not covered by mainstream media I'm I'm surprised to actually so uh, know so about it Siddharth, hmm. like Amit mentioned that he thought the story was underreported. Hmm. Over the week, did you observe a story that you thought was underreported, or a story that you got, you thought got too much Over coverage? Over the week, yeah. I feel uh, it got a lot of traction on social media. Which uh, story? I'm. I have to talk about the Amit Shah story. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, but uh, since it was done by our news agency. Mm-hmm. so i'll have the thing is since after many news organizations could you just give some context to our listeners so basically uh, ins did the story through an rti application which was received by i mean one of the rti activists and our mumbai correspondent did the story from bombay with a bombay dat- dateline saying that uh, the the rti application was received from nabad he the rti activist had filed the filed the application with nabad seeking to know the amount of money which was deposited in the cooperative banks across the country post demonetization post demonetization right so now it was found that a that a cooperative bank in ahmedabad with amit shah as the director as a as a director a sum of rupees 745 crore was deposited in bank in a within 5 days mm-hmm. so basically that is the rti uh, that is what the rti uh, application reveals now after ins did the story 
many new media organizations picked the story they carried the story on their news websites but later say a day later maybe or on that very day itself they took it down, it down. under what uh, uh, whether there was political pressure but there was uh, there was pressure from from the owners i have no idea mm-hmm. but but ins hasn't taken it down no uh, ins hasn't hasn't taken it down we have got calls from uh, the government from requesting for they have re- they requested us to take it down but uh, we stood our ground and we didn't take the story down so basically i'll tell you uh, now the thing is the one who covers our bureau chief's uh, name has been removed from the mailing list of the bjp and uh, and also the one who co- one who covers bjp his name has also been uh, removed from the mailing list of the bjp so these are uh, political these are political pressures pressures they would they want to create mm-hmm. uh, so but we uh, now the thing is i was surprised i don't know under what circumstances what made these uh, media organizations or uh, take the story the stories down uh, mm. but i believe there was some political pressure so you've already answered one question as mm. to what was the repercussion of standing the ground mm. but i also wanted to ask in terms of an agency newsroom you work in an agency newsroom so what is i, I would just like to add one more thing mm-hmm. most of the newspapers carried the news not after ins did the story but they carried only after congress did a press conference and only after that they attributing it to the congress party they took this uh, they carried the story in the newspapers that is what i wanted to add so what mm. did you uh, what mm. do you make of it so i don't know why i mm-hmm. i i really i don't i'm not privy to uh, right. their their decision making process so i don't really don't know why they didn't carry but interestingly it wouldn't have become a big thing had this news organizations not pulled it down yes so you already mentioned that you know the agency got calls from government officials yes. which connects to my question in terms of the transparency within ians like the call would have gone to the editors yes. right so as a reporter who's working in an agency what do you think of the newsroom if you want to share that yes now the thing is i don't know if you have seen our editor's interview with uh, uh, with news click mm-hmm. he mentioned it very ca- categorically that we transparency we will only focus on the facts which are available with us mm-hmm. we will not infer anything we will not draw a conclusion will not pass a, ju- a judgment will just report as it is as the facts are available to us mm-hmm. so that is what we had done we did not say that uh, amit shah you did not uh, put across any allegations it not was based on facts or uh, draw an inference mm-hmm. to it uh, we just reported as it is that is how probably it should be also since you've also worked in corporate owned media newsrooms as a reporter do you find a difference in your experience as a reporter difference in what sense what do you in terms of the life of a reporter mm-hmm. like what's the difference in uh, between the life of a reporter in an agency newsroom and that in a corporate owned media newsroom now corporate owned news uh, newspaper or a news organization at times you are under a lot of 
pressure from your owners to publish a particular story or not to publish a particular story because there are certain stories which a new reporter you know they have an access to the sto- they have the documents they have the evidence they have an access but unfortunately for several reasons you don't know or you have you are not privy to the stories do- are not carried and it is actually at times demoralizing for the reporter because mm-hmm. he puts in a lot of hard work to get those documents to get those stories now in a news agency like INS as of now we have not faced any such you as a reporter i as a reporter that say for example there are many shades there are many shades in a story say for example if the story is an rti based story mm-hmm. or if a story which is a strong uh, which is evidence based mm-hmm. say for example i did a series of stories on vapam scam series and those were all document uh, evidence based based on the documents which were available with me you so, did it for ins itself yes. mm-hmm. so not a single story was stopped mm-hmm. even if a couple of st- calls which had come from madhya pradesh government but still Mm-hmm. I did not uh, face any problem from my office or from my editors in doing in pursuing those stories. So what allows this is absolutely the last question we are running out mm-hmm. of time. Mm-hmm. So I just want to ask what allows an agency mm-hmm. this sort of freedom or this sort of confidence to run with all stories or stories that are evidence based and have that merit is, to uh, it. Now the thing is I don't know about I I have no idea about PTI I can only talk uh, on behalf of INS uh, see now the thing is uh, it also has to do with the management mm-hmm. if the management is takes a stand that no matter what it is if we have proof we have evidence we have uh, data we have facts available with us we are not going to uh, stop a particular story no matter against whom or who you are doing the story okay so that is the kind of and also it gives a lot of confidence to the reporters to do stories of that kind when you get support from the management Absolutely. you get support from your editors to do such stories sure amit sumedha do you want to add anything to that nothing just uh, talking about the facts and b- uh, talking about the uh, courage you know really quickly this very moment when we are talking about this this, this very <laughs> moment the congress party the congress party so something like that happened last evening on a particular channel and uh, they were making uh, you know bizarre allegations against uh, gulam nabi azad so uh, let's talk about facts and let's talk about uh, courage to do reports when you have such a big story happening and uh, you go on to drag a statement by gulam nabi azad you interpret it you twist it you uh, do whatever you want with that statement just probably just to ignore uh, stories like the one you know carried by ians on amit shah Yeah, okay so it. let's go straight to the recommendations amit what do you have to recommend and really quickly yeah this is a small video uh, done by queen pm modi help us sonbhadra local seek end to poison water woes siddharth what do you want to recommend uh, recently i read very interesting article written by uh, iftikhar gilani of dna uh, a profile on sujat bukhari i don't know if you have read it it's a brilliant uh, profile uh, on sujat bukhari Uh, why is it interesting because he talks about how twice both of them dodge 
or escaped death together. So, in very interesting read. I would uh, recommend all of you to read the the Okay. Sumida, this week's big news. So Saudi Arabia lifted its ban on uh, women driving. So there are excellent pieces done by Al Jazeera. This week? Yeah, just okay. came out this week. So uh, that excellent piece by Al Jazeera, there are they've documented pictures of women driving and there are heartwarming messages given to them by the police officers. Okay. So it's a photo essay that I'd like to recommend. I want to recommend a Neiman Lab report. It's called the 21st Century Journalist Creed. It's a about uh, where the strap reads like a former newspaper editor urges journalists to let go of the sense that we have control and recognize how much better public service journalism can be. I think it's a great read just to understand like what I think or I personally feel would be the future of journalism. With that, we come to the close of the podcast. And before we go, I want to ask our dear listeners to tell us, to share with us what they think of the last 25 episodes. And if you spot a difference in the delivery of the podcast over the last 25 episodes, you can tweet to us, any of the panelists or to um, NL Podcasts on Twitter. On that note, we close today's podcast. But uh, last time Amit reminded you, this time I will remind you that for a healthier media, for better reportage, you, dear listener, need to step in. You need to support media organizations because when the public pays, the public is served. When corporations and advertisers are paid, they are served. So pay to keep news free, subscribe to News Laundry or any other independent news organization of your choice. Happy subscribing. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.